Accounting Insider. This is another thing that a lot of investors are unaware of. There's got to be an easier way. With Kim Metzkin. It's achievable for anyone. It doesn't cost anything to set up a business. Because there are many great ideas out there, but it's the people that make ideas happen. Because once you unlock this formula, you, there's no reason to stop. Yeah. You just get better and better at it. You just make so much money out of it. Welcome to Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. And Kim, um, another one for the property fanatics, another little deal that you're working on. It's a really interesting one. It's uh, in a prominent location. It's an interesting site. Um, Where do you start? Well, I was thinking about this when I was driving in today and I, I just thought this is just so much a story about working, you know, being disciplined and, and just going through the motions even when it's inconvenient, even when you, you've got to drop that sick kid off to the doctor, you know, and you've run out of time and you've got all that, you know, you have to, and I'm finding this, I've been in this mindset of setting out two letters to property owners I don't know about great properties every week. I'm just in that zone. You've committed to the system. I've committed to the system. And this is a story of the fruit that's coming out of that. So, so what happened was um, about six weeks ago, my son had a play date with another one of his little buddies in a suburb of Malvern in Adelaide. And this was on a Sunday and you know, it was a bit of inconvenience. I dropped him off and I dropped him off at this house and then I drove around this new route that I'd never dri- driven before and I spotted this old service station. And I'd driven past that service station, I don't know, 20 or 30 times, and I'd noticed that not a lot was happening. But this time it was apparent that it was ghost town. No one had been there. And I made a note to self with all the stuff that's happening in my world with cars, that would be a perfect place to store old cars or to reinvigorate it as a service station or open up as a coffee shop, pizzas, wood-fired oven, all of that stuff, all of the above. Their location was on it arterial road into the city, very close to the city, really ritzy suburb. I just made a note to myself, I'd, I'd write a letter it's out. It's absolutely prime. Absolutely prime. And, you know, like, why hasn't anyone else thought of this? Why is it sitting empty? Like, all these questions are going through my head. Couldn't stop thinking about it. That was a Sunday. Go to work on Monday. First thing I do is look up council valuation. Is this out of my price range? If I look it up and it's $1.5 million, strike it off the list because I'm never going to get anywhere near it. And that does happen from time to time. Mm. Like, I think the property's cheap, but, for example, um, you know, the Balloons Galore site out at um, College Park, love that site. Nothing happening there at all, but it's council valuation's over a couple of million. Mm. So this one, I did the council valuation. I've got a system where I can look that up. Anyone can get access to it. It cost me 300 bucks a year to get access to that site, and you can do as many searches as you like. Looked it up. It had council valuation of 350000 And I'm thinking, what? And then I read down the bottom, it said contamination. And I'm thinking, I've done hundreds of searches and never seen the word contamination. Mm. This is really interesting because I've got a client who bought a contaminated site down at Glenelg, re, um, you know, fixed it all up and then sold it off as a subdivision. And what he did was, like, it, it was an old um, gas bottle collection point he grabbed all the contaminated soil put it through a filter and then put it under his bitumen road very clever yeah 
and then on the sides of it had all the perfect soil and did a little mini subdivision. So and, and he made a killing on it. Yeah. Um, so there's, so, there's ways around it. Yeah, so there's ways around it. So I'm thinking, you know, if I could come up with some clever strategy, maybe I could overcome that contamination problem and restore this property back to its mm. true value. So I thought, okay, you know, step one, tick. Step two is actually spend the 10 bucks, go into the land titles office website and look up who the owner is. So I did that. And it came up with this guy's name and he lived around the corner in sort of half-decent suburb, quite decent suburb, actually. Mm. But it had the price he paid for it. And it was less than the council valuation. I'm thinking 650 square metres of commercial real estate has got to be worth $1,000 a square metre every day of the week. So something's up. Mm. And then I looked further and I saw it had a caveat over it to a because it's Adelaide, I knew the person, and so I had caveat to deny, 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 and deny, deny, deny. Both of them, because I'm in the accounting profession, I knew were liquidators. And I thought, this is weird. Mm. Like, I've never seen A, contamination, B, a caveat from a liquidator. Like, straight away, I'm thinking, maybe there's a little bit of financial trouble. Mm. <laughs> and I'm thinking that um, I might be able to get this at a discount to market because of circumstances which are happening out there, mm. um, it's all sort of leading to that sort of mindset. Yeah. Anyway, so I did a search. Oh, that's wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just got a new customer like two or three weeks before who was a conveyancer. Like he's all over this space, probably one of the biggest in Adelaide. Yeah. And I was out at his office that day and I said, I've got one for you. I said... Um, do you reckon you could look at this caveat for me? Because it's on this property that I'm sort of interested in. And he said, yeah, no worries. What's the, what's the address? So he looked it up and he came back and he goes, this is weird. Mm. <laughs> he goes, but I'm not going to let it beat me. <laughs> so he said, and he called one of the girls in. And he said, she, he said can you do this, this and this? It was all beyond me. But he said, I'm going to get that actual copy of that caveat and explain to you exactly what it means. Because he you know, just loves the challenge because yeah. he's been doing it so long. Anyway, he got it up. And it was actually written by a lawyer who's a mate of mine. <laughs> I can't believe this. Like, I'm pinching myself thinking, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. So anyway, um, he gave me the blurb. We couldn't work out what the amount was, but there was obviously some sort of debt related to the liquidator wasn't able to recover, so he took a charge over his mm. property. So already there's sort of debt, um, all that stuff, you know, amounts owing which aren't to banks, um, bizarre stuff happening in relation to property. So I wrote a letter to the owner, sent it off, thought. And you can't get too emotional. Hmm. You know, you can't be thinking about it every moment of the day. You just write a letter, send it off and forget about it. Sure enough, a week later, the owner rings me. And I knew straight away when he rang me <laughs> that it was bad. Because, you know, when, you, when you're all those arrows point to that sort of suggestion that cheap block, bit of financial pressure, yeah. there could be a deal ha happening. So we, I spoke to him and he's a lovely guy. And we, we, um, we had a chat and he said, well, you know, what do you want to do with it? And I, I said, look, I don't really know. I just want to basically acquire it. And, but there was a couple of other things happening and I didn't let him know that I knew all of the stuff behind the scenes. Mm. Anyway, um, 
we caught up and he basically said he had some plans. And I think they're rather ambitious plans. But if they for don't... For this site? For this site. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they don't work... Oh, he also told me that he had a quote to fix the contamination. Right. So someone, an expert had been in there and quantified it. And he'd also done some other research and said there'd be no liability because of the way that he'd structured the deal. I didn't really understand that. I don't think that that's the case. I don't think I could go in and acquire that mindset Hmm. that I I think this contamination is a big issue. But I also believe that if you do nothing and you just buy the block and use it and generate income out of it, the Hmm. commercial side of it, either lease it out directly as a complete site or me going in hands-on using some of the space and renting out, you know, storage of cars or get an approval from a restaurant or whatever... um, that if you don't um, add to the contamination, you can just use it as it is and not fix the contamination. Mm. That's my mindset. Mm. I'm not sure that's completely right. And I'll do more research before I get to the mm. signing on the dotted line. But this deal is getting momentum. And I've spoken to him a couple of times since then. He's waiting on a couple of other pieces of information. But this deal could take place. It's a very real thing. What's the timeline? Um, I think I'll know in a about one to two months. What are the, what so are the boxes that need to be ticked? Well, well, what he's got in mind, I don't think the residents will be on board with. And as soon as they arc up about it, um, then he said that then I can basically buy it off of him. Okay. So he's got ambitious plans about developing the site into something huge but it's a very close-knit, tightly held little pocket. Mm. And there's some beautiful houses around there and, you know, half the, li- half the guys living in the street would be probably lawyers. And there's nothing, there's nothing big on the street. There's nothing. No, it's very, no. it's a conservative Yeah, area. so for, I, I think that he's going to struggle. Hey, if he gets it through, that's great. But I'm sitting there, you know, basically just waiting to pounce. You know what he paid for it. Are you expecting that if you do get the opportunity to put an offer in, that you'll be able to get it at a, to a pretty good rate? Well, he got it so ridiculously cheap. There's so much fat there mm. that I can go up and pay him handsomely and still get a bargain. Yeah. You know, so, and, and I get that, and, and that's fine. He knows that. He's, he's a clever guy. But if you're going in on any other deal... Um, you don't have so much room to move. Mm. You know, it's just that I jagged this deal, mm. uncovered it. No one else knew, but it was as a result of my, you know, my work rates, my my my, my persistence that I've uncovered this gem. Mm. Um, yeah. So let's say that you get the deal. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Can I just yeah, say okay. one more thing? Yep, yep. So <laughs> I, I, I met with my bank manager on, on another matter on something else and I said oh look you know you'll never believe what I've found you know I need to talk to you about it and how we're going to structure it and what we can do with finance and all that and he goes no let me stop you right there contamination we will not have anything to do with that property like they he's basically saying they wouldn't put a mortgage on the property mm-hmm. because like let alone lending me money against it they're worried that if something if I offload it because they've got a mortgage on it, they're responsible for the remediation of the site. Like, what? Like, they're so anti anything contaminated, the bank won't lend me any money, so I've got to use spare cash that I've got 
to fund the whole thing. So there's risk. Mm. But that doesn't worry me because mm. they don't get the deal. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you look at the, the, the guys in Adelaide and without mentioning names who own the lion's share of the service stations in Adelaide, they all had contamination issues when they bought it. Mm. They got them for, I don't know, but let's say a very low number. They've now turned them into the most expensive supermarkets on those sites. They're killing it. Mm. They've got so many petrol stations in Adelaide that the ACCC stepped in and said you can't buy any more because you're controlling the price of petrol too much. Mm. So I've got that in the back of my mind that there is a system that works that some other business is taking advantage of and is making, I think it's billions of dollars out of. Mm. I can piggyback off of that to a certain extent. Mm. As a case study. They've got a model that works. Mm. Adelaide's a small place. I'll know someone who's, you know, moved the pieces into place to make their deal all happen. Those people can help me orchestrate mine. So let's say you get the property. What's plan A? What would you do straight away? Plan A would be, I'd go for the, I'd go for the jugular. I would try to convert it into some restaurant trendy wining and dining with um, Porsches sitting in there amongst the actual people as like showpieces. And these, like, don't forget, these cars would all be for sale. And I think it would be a really groovy, hip, sort of Josh mm. Baker style. Mm. In fact, I reckon Josh actually knows about the site. I just wrote his name down because <laughs> I, I thought it would be a good one for you to talk to him about. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that he's, he's aware of it. Um, it'd be perfect for him. So that would probably be number one. Mm-hmm. If that ran into obstacles with councils or approvals or whatever, then I'd just basically try to run it as an existing service station. Uh, I know I've got the contamination issue, but I'd factor that into it. I'd probably re- re- repair the tanks because they have apparently leaked into the, the soil. Mm-hmm. So I'd rip them out, put new ones in and drop them back in, and then I'd, I'd try to lease it out as a server. If that doesn't work, I'd just use it to, for, for storage for myself. Um, it's got a big shed. Um, I would enclose the backyard, extend the carport out so that I'd increase the footprint of the shed. Constantly I'm trying to add value. Mm. I'd, inc- I'd put a fence around the front where the cars used to drive in and turn around and fill up with petrol. So that's basically giving me 653 square metres of lettable commercial space. And so I'd, I'd lease it out. I'd run ads to for people to store caravans and cars and stuff like that there. Mm. And with interest rates so low... It's not going to cost much to hold it, and you couldn't go wrong. It's what I, I view it as one of those things that, you know, when I'm dead and buried, my kids would have a handsome income mm. from the commercial rent on that property. Mm. You know, and I see that with a number of clients who have gone out and bought farms because they've loved it, and now they've died, and their wife is living off of the rent that she's renting that farm out for. Mm. You know, those sorts of factors which they never saw when they entered into it. So, so I'm, I'm thinking, well, that might be another one of those stories. Mm. Well, it's yet another um, choose-your-own-adventure story within Accounting Insider with all these property deals that are that are floating around. Is there any other, I mean, without wanting to go too deep into it, any, any of your other deals that we've discussed that have had any progress, anything else happening, or has your focus been pretty much on, on this um, this petrol That's station. That's the frustrating stuff. thing. No, that, none of them have had any progress. Mm. All of those other stories we've talked about, like the one that we did most recently, the um, remember the car yard one. Mm. 
and I was expecting that phone call. He rang me that night and said, Kim, you're not going to believe this. They've got their finance. And I was devastated, mm. but he was happy. But that was, it was okay. I mean, I shouldn't be emotional about it, but, you, you know, yeah. fortunately you do get a little bit emotional. And as we keep saying, you're, you're playing the long game. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not disappointed because my sister used to work at IBM and she would sell computers. And they were taught that, you know, after you need nine knockbacks to get that one sale. And I'm of the same mindset. It's just, it's just a numbers game. Thanks for listening. To connect with Kim, visit accountinginsider.net. The Accounting Insider. This is another thing that a lot of investors are unaware of. There's got to be an easier way. With Kim Metzkin. It's achievable for anyone. It doesn't cost anything to set up a business. Because there are many great ideas out there, but it's the people that make ideas happen. Because once you unlock this formula, there's no reason to stop. You just get better and better at it. You just make so much money out of it.